This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. The summer is coming. At least that's what I hear. Hard to believe when you look out the window. So it's a good time to talk about our health and the biggest organ in our bodies, and that is our skin. And this also means it might be time to change your skincare routine. There's been a lot of new information that's come out about sunscreen. And as luck would have it, I'd like to welcome dermatologist Dr. Sandy Scott Nicky. She's also an assistant professor and the author of Beyond Soap. Welcome. Thanks so much for being with us. Thanks. It's always a pleasure to be here. Okay. Let me give the numbers out again because Dr. Scott Nicky is happy to answer your questions about whatever subject it may be. And there is a kind of an epidemic of sensitive skin. And she has a lot to say about that because she thinks it's a, because of all the stuff we use yes. that yeah. perhaps is unnecessary. So the numbers to call 416 360 toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Dr. Scott Nicky, thanks so much. Yeah, thanks again for being here, for having me here. Okay, so what is some of the new information that's come out about sunscreen? Oh, we're having a real trouble with it uh, lately because um, there's always been a, a sort of a distrust of chemical filters. So actually, let's digress. There's two major types of filters uh, sunscreen filters. One of them is, uh, physical blocks. So that would be titanium zinc. So they're more, they basically sit on the skin. There's some absorption, but they reflect light. Um, and then there's chemical filters that are absorbed into the skin. And, um, there's, I mean, the FDA came out in, in the U.S. in February, basically saying that the 12 chemical filters that are available, we don't have enough science for. They're not, they're not banning them, but they want to have more information. They want the companies to give them more information. So that's caused some issues. Patients come in and ask about it. And then um, there was a published study just three weeks ago in JAMA, the Journal of American Medicine Association, looking at four chemical filters um, and the fact that they were absorbed into the body at higher concentrations than the FDA liked. The problem with the study was 24 people only. Wow, that's a small study. small study. And they applied the sunscreens four times a day and they didn't go outside. So it's not using the sunscreen as you would, like you sweat, you, you know, you, uh, it evaporates, you, uh, you go swimming. So I, I don't know what to make of that. It's not a good study. It's about, it's sort of fear mongering. So I think, um, my response, and I've written this on my blog, on my website, it's what I tell my patients, it's what I do myself. I wear mineral sunscreen which is zinc or titanium on a day-to-day basis. And then when I'm out in the sun in peak hours, like when the sun is really, your UV index is really high, like you're on a dock in Muskoka, you're in Jamaica on vacation, you're going to use the best that science has to offer, which is a combination of both mineral mineral and chemical sunscreens. Okay. So for most people, you know, how do we know what we're using? It is the mineral sunscreen. It's is that on the, the bottle? St- it's, it's written ri- on the bottle. So nowadays you'll see there's any number. And of course, you know, with all of this controversy, companies want to 
make money. So they're going to, they're going to, they're pumping out mineral sunscreens like left, right and center. So you can go in the pharmacy now and find any number of mineral sunscreens. It's basically, they're zinc and titanium based. So, it, and it's not the kind, cause sometimes you see people with thick, thick white those paste. Are, those are paste. Yeah. So, and the nanotechnology of the zinc has really improved the fat, like the cos- cosmetic aspect. So it's not so opaque. And then they're often tinted. Um, so no, they're, they're, they're very readily uh, labeled. It's uh, the other sunscreens will, will say, you know, mixed or chemical filter, or they may not say anything. If they don't say anything, that's not mineral based. And it's usually broadband UVA, UVB. And that's chemical. So most of yeah. the popular brands would be chemical. Most you- of the popular brands are, are chemical because they're better sunscreens. Now, of course, if you read some of the stuff from the FDA, they're like, if a zinc is a very good sunscreen, um, it, it covers both UVA and UVB wavelength. But a lot of people don't like it because it's cosmetically unacceptable and it melts off. We don't know the stability. Like there's just, it's a very, it's a quagmire now. Um, so I, again, I go back to what I tell patients and what I do myself. I use mineral sunscreens for day to day. I have one on today that's tinted, kind of as my makeup too. And then, um, when I'm, if I'm going to go walk my dog at one o'clock in the afternoon, I'm going to put on a hat. I probably put on a hat and a cover. That's the other thing. I think I was away in, in, um, Asia and, uh, umbrellas. Somebody needs to design a really funky, fun, Umbrella. You don't need sunscreen. Well, the kind that comes out of your head. I've seen that those. Too, but you can wear, uh, you know, you can wear a hat. You can, they can get hot though. So you can have uh, cover ups, but umbrellas are great. I was going to ask, you mentioned uh, tinted and it's your makeup. So I have some BB cream that yeah. I sometimes use and mm-hmm. it says SPF 30. How do I know if it's mineral or chemical sunscreen in there? Usually again, it'll start, it's going to be labeled because people are going to look for this, but uh, you can look at the active ingredient. And if there's a whole bunch of weird looking chemical names, then it's a chemical filter. If you see zinc or titanium only, then it's a physical mineral block. That's a whole other story. Try to read the list of ingredients Mm -hmm. on any of those things. I mean, they're so tiny, even with glasses. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So, so we have to watch what we're doing. Uh, before I get to the phones, I also want to ask about the amount. Cause one of the things I used to hear is you're not using enough. You have to use a teaspoon on your exactly. face and a teaspoon on your legs. That's a lot. And that's partly why I think, uh, facial sort of moisturizers or, or facial makeups with sunscreens are not great. That not that great, but because you're not using the quantity. So the, the SPF is determined in a, in a laboratory setting through quantity. So it's, two milligrams per centimeter squared. That's a lot of sunscreen. And to get the SPF, you have to use that quantity. So you can think about uh, a teaspoon rule is one for the face, you know, one for the arm or two for the arm, two for the chest, two teaspoons. It's a lot of sunscreen or a shot glass full of sunscreen does the whole body for an adult. Um, But if you use under the quantity, so let's say you just put a, like a tiny little bit on your arm. If you're using an SPF product, that's 30 you're probably only going to get an SPF of 15 because you're, you have to apply the quantity to get the SPF rating. Okay. Good to know. Let's hear from Debbie in Brampton. Hi, Debbie. Hi, how are you guys? We're great. Good, good. Um, as the doctor said, it certainly is a quagmire out there <laughs> when you're determining to buy what's the best skin cream, general skin cream moisturizer from vitamins to do we eat meat or not meat? <laughs> It's so confusing. 
Well, I, I, not to pump my book, but I have a great chapter in sort of just common sense, beauty, and, and break down all the science. Um, oh, it's so it's very, crazy. it's very simple to, to weed through all that marketing. Is it? Is it? Basically, I like to think of aging, um, just, uh, I, I found this analogy through another dermatologist in the U.S., but like a food pyramid. So at the food pyramid, you have your, you have the base of your pyramid with respect to wrinkles, treatment, treatment or preventing or how, trying to decrease aging is protection. So yes, sunscreen, yes. a hat, glasses, seek shade, umbrella. Then the middle layer is things that can help reverse some of the damage that's already been done. So the only science that it really there is uh, retin-A, retinol. You alluded to vitamins, so that'd be vitamin A. That's vitamin um, A, yes. Yeah. And then or, yes. things like glycolic acid. Yes. And some antioxidants like vitamin C that's stabilized and some other antioxidants that are a little bit less science driven. And then at the top of the pyramid are sort of the more sketchy things that we don't really have a lot of science on. So peptides and growth factors and stem cells and that kind of thing. So if you, pro- if you think about your wrinkle therapy, like, or what about collagen? Well, well, you know what? I mean, I, I'd Doesn't love work. to have you girls over because I could talk all day about <laughs> Most this. Most people can. <laughs> I'm 60 years old. I smoke and I know that's a no-no. And as a 17-year-old back in the 70s, we laid in the sun until we baked to death. With reflectors and oil? I believe it's oil? also hereditary <laughs> because my mother was very wrinkled. Mm-hmm. And I hear retinol. I hear hydrolonic acid, um, you know, vitamins. It's just so confusing. Well, I, I if you just think of that pyramid, it's a sunscreen, sun avoidance, retin-A, vitamin Retin-A, C, uh-huh. and that's pretty much it uh, as far as where the science lands. But, you know, I always tell patients that are a bit older and say, what can I do? What can I do? I said, do you have to, this is a professor of mine. I wrote about this in my book too. He said, go home and look at your backside. My back. Yeah. <laughs> if you, if you didn't go in the sun and you didn't smoke, your skin would look like the, the skin on, on your buttocks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so, yeah. so a lot of aging mm, is, is sure caused, that's a good thing. <laughs> no, but it's caused by what we do and, and, and it, how much sun it, we get. I get it. I, it makes sense to me. And creams and lotions are not going to reverse any wrinkles. Thank you. They're going to soften maybe if you use them, you know, regularly. But if you have a lot of wrinkles in your 60s and you want to do something, don't look to a bottle. You're going to have to do something more interventional like lasers. I agree or because surgery. there's hundreds of, of, you know, products out there. Mm-hmm. One says it reduces fine lines, one for dark skin, one for, you know, sagging skin, one for firming. Yeah. <laughs> I have now gone to, um, I know I should quit smoking, um, but for other I reasons too. Yeah. Internally, but, because I understand topically, yeah. and you, collagen we, doesn't do does, anything. Doesn't, doesn't do much. Yeah, you are, Libby, you were just asking me about collagen. So there are actually some decent studies. I reviewed this for some uh, outlet, uh, and I reviewed the the science that eating collagen, either marine collagen from fish bones and things like that, or or bovine sourced yes, collagen. Yes, that. It it can help. It also has a lot of other. It can help uh, your gut. Yes, uh, it can help um, your joints, your, your joints and, and your tissues because your all of that stuff's made out of collagen. Yes, and yes. Um, there's a theory, part of the theory with um, Asian skin, they they age very well. Is they, yes, they traditionally they have always eaten everything, like the bone, the skin. The, well, they yeah. also seek shade. They don't like to get color. Oh well, yeah, that's where it's you'll find true. people you walking with, with umbrellas. umbrellas. <laughs> yeah, and and I think that's probably the bigger reason why. Yeah. They okay, uh, Debbie, thanks for your call. Let's. Here from Rio in Etobicoke. Hi, Rio. Hey, hi, Libby. Hi, Dr. Sandy. Hi. A great program again, as you usually have. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I've uh, 
been in landscaping for like 30 years. I'm cutting lawns like crazy this year, like everything growing. I'm out there for 11 hours mm-hmm. and I never use sunscreen. And I think a lot of the sunscreen that's out there is actually toxic. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've heard, and I'm lucky that I, I'm a fruitaholic. I've liked fruit since I was a kid. And I found out a few years ago that when you eat a lot of fruit, there's actually natural UV protectors mm-hmm. that help against the bad UVs. There's actually good UVs and bad UVs. Can you talk about that? Well, I mean, um, ultraviolet light is divided into into different sections, but the UVA is the more damaging one because it won't give you a burn, but it goes deeper into the skin and and is associated with more so with with damage to the DNA and and skin cancer um, and um, aging. As far as fruit goes, I don't have a lot. I'm trying to think of the memory banks as I've read a lot about this. It's taking something orally. There's a lot of antioxidants in in fruit, and antioxidants can help just um, decrease oxidative stress in the body, and UV is one of those, so is pollution. And just breathing, every time we breathe, every time we take in oxygen, we're making oxygen-free radicals, which age us. So fruit is a is a great antioxidant. I don't know that it's directly going to the skin. Um, as far as you know, I have a lot of people that work in uh, outdoor jobs in my office, and you don't have to wear sunscreen. You have to protect yourself from the sun, and there are many other ways of doing that without wearing a sunscreen. You can have a hat with a brim. It has to have a brim. The baseball caps will, you'll get skin cancer on the back of your neck and ears. Um, you can wear SPF, which is called now UPF clothing. So you can get a shirt, long sleeves, it can have ventilation under the I, arms. I've seen more yeah. and more people. I play tennis. They're, people they're, are, um, and they're wearing are, that on the court. There's just no excuse not to. Like it's just so protective and it's ventilated. And you can wear as a, as a landscaper, you can wear gloves you know, uh, gloves that sort of help protect the back of the hands. Um, and then you just, you know, you can put a little bit of sunscreen on the face and you can use minerals. Zinc, zinc has been, uh, approved and recommended by many, many different, uh, both FDA, Health Branch Canada, et cetera, studies. So I do think you should be wearing some of that. Uh, but you're correct. You can, you can protect yourself in other ways and eating a lot of fruit is not a bad thing. Okay. Uh, Phones are starting uh, to go a little nuts as we're (laughs) starting to run out of time. Rose in Oshawa. Hi, Rose. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I just want to say I really um, loved your book. I thought it was very informative and I thought it was very, had a lot of common sense in there. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm calling today. I have uh, um, an issue with my scalp. Um, I went to my GP and he thought I had a staph infection. Okay. So he gave me two, um, he, I went through two courses of an antibiotic. Um, mm-hmm. I think it was salindomycin. Clindamycin, yes. And um, then he gave me some, that didn't work, and then he gave me some uh, Fusidin cream to what use What are your on, symptoms, Rose? Like, do you have flakes? Do you have scale? Are you itchy? Do you have pustules? Um, no, they're red lumps. And then, and then if I itch them, they become like scabs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, he did send me to a dermatologist, and... Um, I, I, he gave, the dermatologist suggested that I use a bar soap on my head mm-hmm. and, um, Interesting. Uh, like a, uh, antibacterial, um, dandruff shampoo. Mm-hmm. Um, but none of this seems to be, um, helping getting yeah. this to clear up. Right. 
So, I mean, it's, it's, I try to refrain from doing too much diagnosis all yeah. over the radio. It's tough because dermatology is a visual thing, but I mean, it, it does not sound infective, uh, infected because you blasted it with antibiotics and, um, antimicrobial soaps, which I don't necessarily agree in. You may have a form of dandruff and dandruff's not a medical term. The medical term is seborrheic dermatitis where patients can get really thick scales and then they, when you pick them off, you can get crusting. So, Severic dermatitis is dandruff. I would try some dandruff shampoos. Um, I would go with Nizerol, which is an antifungal yes, shampoo. Yeah, that's the one I've been using every every yeah. time I wash my hair. And and cut out any other kind of shampoos or hair care products that might be irritating. And you might need some hydrocortisone because dandruff is a dermatitis, which is an inflamed skin. You've you've failed the infective route. They've all tried to treat bacteria that probably wasn't there. So now you should go the anti-inflammatory route, which would be with some hydrocortisone. Okay. Good luck. All right. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Bye. Bye. Good luck with that. Yeah, I get, I get a, an itchy scalp. I'm sure you it's know, from the stuff on, that's used on my hair. Can I divulge yeah. for like, a, so I was in Boston last week yeah. at a microbiome conference. I presented my book there and it was uh, very fat, fascinating, gratifying in many ways because it was a lot of stuff that I sort of talk about in the book, but there was this one uh, study that's not published yet from a, a group out of Belgium where they looked at the effect of urbanization on our microbiome, on the bacteria on our skin. And one of the things that they showed is that the bacterial diversity goes down, but fungal diversity goes up and there's more fungus. And we've always thought that dandruff was associated with a normal, not a, not, a, not something you're catching, with a normal fungus on our scalp. And we've probably, with the overwashing and the over-shampooing and the detergents, we've, we've changed the balance of, of the organisms on our scalp. And that's why a lot of people have dandruff. Millions and millions of people have dandruff. So I, I was always sort of hesitant about the fungal aspect, but I think that the antifungal shampoos are the way to go. And not trying to kill bacteria again. The more antibacterial stuff you use, the more you, you, you upset is, the balance. Is Nizerol antifungal? Nizerol is an antifungal. Uh-huh. And is, do you need a prescription? No, nope, it's over the counter. And so you can have that, you have it sit in the scalp for, you know, a good five minutes and try to use it once or twice a week. And that should control basic dandruff. Does it strip the color off? Can. That's one of the, <laughs> but I tell patients not to use medicated shampoos as shampoos. Use them as scalp treatments. Rin, let them sit there for a few minutes, rinse it off, and then shampoo your hair. Okay. Good advice. Colin in Toronto. Hi, Colin. Hi. How you doing? Good. Uh, I'd like to find out uh, if the aluminum zirconium mm. that's in the underarm antiperspirant bars, is that harmful to your body or is it a known carcinogen? So I'm not a toxicologist and I, I mean, I have reviewed this because um, patients ask me what the answer, the, the short answer is no, they're safe. Uh, because this uh, topic comes up time and time again. It's reviewed by Health Branch Canada and, and, and uh, the FDA, although they're not always great at, you know, they're behind in a lot of what they're doing. But um, the thing is, you have to understand how aluminum antiperspirants work. Your your uh, sweat pores are are fairly small, but still not that small, that you can clog them or plug them. And what happens with aluminum zirconium or aluminum hexachlorides uh, molecules is they're, they're big, so they actually plug up the sweat pore. So they're not being absorbed because that's how they work. They actually clog them. And uh, so this absorption thing, the molecule is too big to be absorbed. So they are, in my opinion, safe, but we also have a lot of other alternatives now to like non-aluminum antiperspirants. So uh, they don't work as effectively, 
But if it's something that you still feel strongly about, we have lots of options now. So what what are the options? Well, there's one by uh, Vichy has one, Almay has one. Um, you can go to anti deodorants that aren't antiperspirants have usually the the aluminum component because the perspirant's stronger as a blocker. The other ones are masking odor. Um, so there are other options. Maybe wax would work good. <laughs> yeah, well, well, occlusion, right? You, you're doing a sort of an occlusive there. That's uh, yeah, Do you mean waxing your underarms? No, putting wax on it. Putting wax on it, okay. Waxing your underarms, ouch. Thanks okay, for Colin, Thank thanks for your call. That that was a different movie. <laughs> the guy getting oh, yeah. waxed. 40-year-old virgin, I think it was, right? Yeah. What would you like to leave us with as we head into the summer? Well, what we were talking about before is... Um, there's so much controversy now with sunscreens. And as dermatologists, like we have a hard enough time trying to get people to use them. And I think that you've got to look again. We have to always look to the science. And the science is that sunscreens help decrease melanoma skin cancer, which is the most deadly form. And the study came out of Australia. It's, it was a 10 year with a 10 year extension, 20 year study looking at incidents, patients who used sunscreen every day and not indiscriminately had a lower incidence of melanoma. And in, in Australia, one in four people get melanoma. So uh, there's no dispute that it helps. If you have an issue with it, use mineral sunscreen, use zinc, use titanium, cover up. No kids under two should be running around without UPF clothing on. It's, it's, you can just buy the, the shirts and the, and the pants. Um, and if you're, if you're really, uh, concerned, um, seek shade. And the other thing out of Australia was that if you use sunscreen every day, whether it's sunny or not, less wrinkles. Well, that was a calorie part of it, which mm. ended up getting some more press. No, we don't care about the decrease in melanoma. We <laughs> just care about the decrease in the wrinkles. But it does both. So, yes. Okay. And that's all the time we have for Fight Back for today. Thank you so much, Dr. Sandy Scott-Nicky. And your book is Beyond Soap, and yes. I recommend it. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.